Hello, this is Martha DeGrasse here for Wi-Fi Alliance, and this is The Signal, our podcast where we give you the inside track on Wi-Fi. These are meant to be smart conversations with industry leaders, and we want to deliver a new perspective on the growing portfolio of Wi-Fi technologies that we see changing the connectivity landscape. In this episode, we'll be talking about the outlook for Wi-Fi deployments and the trends driving new opportunities. And joining us to do that is Irvin Guy, VP of Marketing for OnSimi. Irvin, thank you so much for being here today. Marza, thank you. It's good to be here talking about Wi-Fi and connectivity with you. Well, you have a great perspective, particularly on the service provider and, and home market, as well as the enterprise. So let's start off with a little bit about what you're seeing so far with 2022 actual deployment status. What can you tell us that you've seen so far in the market? So 2022 actually is starting off very strong, which is not a surprise given how 2021 shaped out for our industry. If you just take a look at it, it's a rising tide that's pretty much lifting all boats. And in this case, all the different segments in connectivity. From our perspective, service providers show a lot of strength. The home shows a lot of strength because the way all of us are working and playing today has changed over the last couple of years. And your home network really has to be very resilient because you're doing work from home. Sometimes the kids might be studying from home. And of course, uh, you're consuming content or uploading content from home. And that's actually a big deployment trend that we see. Okay. And what about new opportunities? You were telling me before we started about some of the new augmented reality applications that are driving demand now. Yeah. So there's a lot of talk on those, as we know, you know, as companies uh, sharpen their focus into that space. But one of the trends that we see in terms of actual shipments even today is how people are using additional applications on hardware that they already own or they have in the house. So for a couple of the biggest trends are if you're doing more in the home, you are upgrading or your service provider or your retail provider is helping you upgrade to applications like motion detection or voice is becoming more dominant in terms of the UI or the user interface and the context becomes very clear. If you are in the kitchen and you're giving a command to do something to the device with context that is more intelligent versus if you were in the bedroom, for example. You combine all that uh, with what we just went through through the pandemic, it became very critical that you could do diagnostics uh, remotely. If you were doing new products, you could do the field trials remotely. And for us, uh, we see cloud actually being an application that just grew stronger. If it's artificial intelligence or if you're just doing diagnostics on what might be coming up, that actually became more and more critical as product was deploying. Uh, which is really good because in many cases, from an ecosystem standpoint, Martha, it allows people to get recurring revenue, you know, depending where they are in the supply chain, but also for the users without having to go out and buy a new box, they're upgrading the capability of what they already have. Right. And I think we did see a lot of that during the pandemic, especially with people upgrading what they had instead of buying something new. And part of that was because of the supply chain issues, right? Yes, definitely. I mean, from a semiconductor perspective, it's a whole different conversation we have with customers. You know, there's a lot of allocation calls with customer supply calls. You just have to make sure you're taking care of them in terms of keeping lines up and running. But the demand has been uh, very, very strong. And, you know, the way you kind of prove yourself to your partners is uh, by coming through for them. 
So in many cases, what that means is for someone like OnSemi, you know, we'll work with uh, different substrate vendors to make sure there's diversity of supply for our customers, make sure all those different packaging options are available to them. But it's been a tough run, but a good problem to have. And uh, from our standpoint, it probably is going to be a market that's demanding through at least 2022, uh, maybe even into 2023 timeframe. Okay, so specifically, what impacts do you see for Wi-Fi 6? Well, for Wi-Fi 6, and even this might be surprising to some of your listeners, Martha, even Wi-Fi 5, the interesting thing is that demand for some of these older products has gone up. We're right in the midst of the Wi-Fi 6E ramp, and obviously those deployments are underway as we see the ecosystem build out with client devices coming out in flagship forms, compute laptops being rolled out with Wi-Fi 6E, But the interesting thing is that in this stage of the product lifecycle, we've seen a renewed interest in some of the older products. And one of the reasons is from a semiconductor standpoint, they tend to be on older process nodes. So when supply is very, very tight on some of the newer nodes, customers are being very, very creative. How do we reinvent? Martha, going back to what we were just talking about earlier, in terms of the hardware that is there, and you rightfully pointed out the supply constraints, how do we reinvent what's already there with something people want? So the trend is upgraded with the software functionality But for us, you know, from a dollar and cent standpoint, it also means volumes of older uh, nodes like Wi-Fi 5 and 6 have gone up, even while 6E continues its ramp. That's really interesting. And what do you see going forward for the balance of 22? I think this demand crunch continues for a very simple reason. It's no longer just the supply constraints any longer. It's more fundamental than that. I think people really have shifted how we live our lives. Even as people start going back to work, that hybrid mode is going to be there. And that means that the need for good quality, reliable Wi-Fi is only going to increase as we all get used to more and more content that moves from 4K to 8K, for example. It's no longer a conversation of uh, how is your broadband pipe, obviously that's important, but it's really what is the resiliency of your network in different parts of your house. And I think that just means that this demand will continue in a way because we've really shifted from where we consume and do our work on connectivity Wi-Fi. Right. So it seems like it's a shift that's here to stay, even when this pandemic finally Absolutely. ends. Absolutely. Right. And I think that kind of plays into, you know, what we're seeing right now on Wi-Fi 6E architectures, for example, and even Wi-Fi 7. Great. Well, you were talking a minute ago about how I think manufacturers are using the chipsets that they can get to bring the solutions that people want to market as best they can. How is this impacting the carrier customers and, and even the enterprise users? From a carrier standpoint, they are definitely seeing, uh, like we just said, with the push towards spending more time in the home and fortifying those home networks, they're seeing a strong growth. They are running ahead with new functionality, new features, including some we just talked about in terms of uh, motion, for example, context and mesh. On the enterprise side, they have definitely seen the opportunity shift a little bit 
in the sense that as more and more people left the office buildings and moved to a different environment, the IT departments were a little bit behind on their CapEx budgets to upgrade those networks. Some of the companies, of course, invested to use that downtime to upgrade, but that enterprise cycle probably did get shifted. And you're starting to see that happen in terms of new deployments uh, now as people start getting back to work in a hybrid fashion. So pretty much what that means is, whereas we've seen some of the demand in the home improve even on Wi-Fi 5 and Wi-Fi 6, in new applications or new deployments that enterprise does, it's definitely 6C because they know that that product will be installed on the ceilings for a while and they are going to go with the latest and the best. So there's a little bit of a dichotomy in how that deployment played out. Okay. Okay. That's, that's super interesting. Okay, I'd like to switch gears a little bit, if we could, and talk about the impact of power efficiency that we see with 6E, and with 6 as well, of course. I think that you know a lot about this, not only because of what your work in Wi-Fi, but you make power management solutions. So if you could bring us up to speed on how these new solutions are going to impact energy efficiency for the companies that use them, I think that would be really interesting. For Wi-Fi 6E, the big benefit, for example, is that in 6 gigahertz, you don't have to deal with legacy devices, which in itself leads to the best efficiency standard. And by default, you're reducing that power consumption per bit. But then given the way Wi-Fi 6E is doing the 4X frequency utilization and the fact that you have the higher modulations all helping as well. If you just distill it down to a very, very simple fact, with those wider channels and that increased spectrum, you're able to transmit a lot of information very, very quickly. Just by default of that nature of conveying the data uh, using less power, which in turn means the scope of the devices that you can address goes up. And then from our standpoint, what that means practically is our portfolio of what we can offer customers can be very, very customized on the number of antennas, the number of MIMO order product that they do. So they don't have to overkill and go for the largest antenna and just blast that through the home or in a different environment. You can have more targeted device. All that means, you know, reduced power consumption. And I think one of the things from an on-semi standpoint, we were very happy to do as part of the Wi-Fi Alliance's annual predictions is how 6C, just given the deployment cycle and how that transition is happening to clients and infrastructure on 6C actually brings about Wi-Fi as a green connectivity choice. Just given the diversity of the ecosystem and how many different uh, antenna and MIMO order solutions are available, it's probably the first time we actually have the technical standard and the spectrum, the unlicensed six gigahertz spectrum available, and the fundamental shifts that we don't have to go back and support legacy clients, which means there's less clutter as devices try to connect, means we're conveying the data in the best, most optimal way from an energy standpoint. Okay, so these are obviously big advantages for enterprise customers. Are the system integrators aware of these advantages as they take solutions to their customers? For sure, for a couple of reasons. If you just take a look at, for example, what the different bodies are doing, Europe has always been very, very much focused on green energy or the power budgets and stuff. In some countries, for example, you have to be completely in line or that product will not meet the requirements for shipment. So, you know, from an on-semi standpoint, given the fact that we were first to market with the 12 MIMO product, 
we already had to work on addressing these challenges a couple generations ago, uh, even on Wi-Fi 6, for example, and the later part of Wi-Fi 5. So when you go to tri-band, which is really what Wi-Fi 6 is pushing your infrastructure solutions to do, what that means is you have to be able to support that solution within the same power budget. For example, if you're installing it in infrastructure as an enterprise product, that PoE requirements are still the same. And if you want your customer to be able to deploy that product faster, your budgets are fixed. So the system integrators are very well aware that when you have solutions that have features like target wait time or the different power boards built in, they're gonna take advantage of that. And we make sure from a semiconductor standpoint that you know when you're using those products they have that built in to make it easy for you to do so. All right, great. So, in your opinion, what have the big changes been for the Wi-Fi community in the past few years? I think the biggest benefit that all of us see is this unlicensed spectrum that opened up, right? US 1200, Europe is doing really good. I was at a industry conference in Dubai just recently and Saudi is coming out with the full 1200, the UAE is taking a look at. So it's not just one region, right? It's all these regions that are marching ahead with this spectrum. That actually has opened up a lot of opportunity in terms of the number of channels that you have available, the fact that they are wider. And fundamentally, this has made available the sandbox that allows the industry to grow over the next few years, uh, maybe next five, seven to 10 years. If you take a look at Wi-Fi 6, moving on to Wi-Fi 6E, the biggest advantage we get is not only the extra throughput, but latency goes down. And if you move that to the discussions on Wi-Fi 7, it proves that our industry and the effort, for example, Wi-Fi Alliance is driving, it's not just a one-node victory, right? The stage has been set not only to take advantage of this increased spectrum and this lower latency today, but as we move forward with 7, how that continues. Now, from our standpoint, what this means is we are able to leverage features like this into new ways to do client. How do we take the advantage we bring in the infrastructure side, that software history we have, the fact it's hardened in the field, and leverage it on client? And with client, I think, Martha, you were talking about Metaverse at the start of our conversation. That's a huge opportunity. You know, we talked about how over the last couple of years with the pandemic, we've all become used to a hybrid mode of work between the home and the office. Perhaps the next iteration of that hybrid work is between the digital, virtual, and the physical. And what that means is a big opportunity for our industry in uh, connectivity, Wi-Fi in particular, because all that means is all those advantages, uh, Martha, we just talked about Wi-Fi 6E, the higher throughput, the lower latency, all that carries over to being able to get on the metaverse ramp or the virtual ramp. And that's what our focus is, for example, in differentiating on client. So we approach it from an integration standpoint, Wi-Fi 6E, but how do you pair it up with BLE? How do you pair it up with Thread to come up with a solution that reduces our customer's time to market because we solve the coexistence issue. So the short of it is the industry is in a pretty good spot just given the tools that we have in place, the increased spectrum from bodies like the FCC, but then also, you know, the technology standards, the industry's moving ahead on with the IEEE Wi-Fi Alliance, all that puts us in a good place with the right building blocks uh, to take this forward over the next decade. Absolutely. 
Now, before we go, since you're talking about virtual reality and the metaverse, that has applications in some of the other markets that you serve, the industrial and automated manufacturing markets. Do you see Wi-Fi taking a bigger role there as we move forward? Definitely. For a very simple reason, those same attributes that we talk about that benefit in terms of the high throughput or the lower latency are probably even more critical in segments like industrial. We all know that the first iteration of the hybrid work model was moving from the office into the home. But the trend that we see continuing right now is how do you also automate more of the factory floor? And these are numbers involved. If you have to retool a factory floor that was using ethernet or it was wired, it takes simply a lot longer than if that factory floor was wireless, if those assembly lines were wireless. But it always came down to the practicality of how reliable it was and whether it was low latency enough. But when you're getting towards what we talked about, Wi-Fi 6E and the path towards 7, all that is not only practical, it's happening. And in many cases, Wi-Fi 6E will be part of, for example, some of the private network solutions, even with 5G or private 5G networks. So definitely it's a big market that our industry gets to play in. All right. Well, thanks for explaining that. Irving Guy, VP of Marketing at OnSemi, thank you so much for joining us on The Signal. Marta, always good talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. As always, thank you so much for joining us on The Signal. You can check the show notes for more information on the topics we discussed today. And for all things Wi-Fi, check out y-fi.org. That's wifi.org. I'm Martha DeGrasse. Thank you for joining us on The Signal, and we'll see you next time.